0: The following content is provided under a Creative Commons license. Your support will help MIT OpenCourseWare continue to offer high quality educational resources for free. To make a donation or view additional materials from hundreds of MIT courses, visit MIT OpenCourseWare at ocw.mit.edu. All right, let's get started. Uh, today's topic would be distributed algorithms. Uh, we, we will look at two new algorithms, but they are similar to what you have seen in the lectures. So it will also be a review of uh, some concepts in lectures. So our first example would be, again, leader election, the simple the simplest example. But this time, uh, the network and topology would be a ring. So in the the lectures, uh, the example we see is a click. Meaning they are fully connected. Right? Every node can talk to every other node. Uh, there, if you remember, uh, our solution is to for everyone to generate a UID or a random number, and if you are the maximum, then you output you are the leader. Uh, it's you can do that because yeah you are connected to everybody, so you immediately know uh, what random number everybody generates, and you can compare whether you are the largest. Now. Uh, The idea is the same if we have a ring. So you want everyone to generate an ID or a random number. Uh, I'll just say ID uh, from now on. And you want to collect everyone else's ID so that you know whether your ID is the largest among uh, all of them. OK? Pardon? Where is the comparison condition happening? Uh, OK, the question is where the comparison happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so we first need some way to pass the numbers around, mm-hmm. such that everyone has everyone else's number. Mm-hmm. Right? You have the number of everyone, then you can compare whether the largest equals yours. Okay? If the largest equals yours, then you know you are the largest, and you're going to output uh, I'm the leader. Okay, So the difficulty is just how to pass the numbers around so that everyone sees everyone else's number. Any ideas? Simple solution? There's not much you can do. You just connect to your two neighbors, the left one and the right one. So how do you propagate the information? So what does broadcast mean here? Like tell your neighbors what the largest of your value and your neighbor's values is. Okay. And yes, uh uh let me call them ABC E F. Then yeah, C can tell D or can tell B, but how does C tell E? Yeah. So uh, it would be just uh, say everyone talks to its right neighbor, and then B has A's ID, C has B's ID, D has C's ID, and then continue right, and pass around next time. So uh, just to make it perfectly clear, uh, say they generate some random IDs, that's five, ten, twenty. And then in the next round, A would send its ID to B. B would send its ID to C. C would send its ID to D. And in the next round, B would pass this information along to C. And C would pass the information to D. And just continue. And uh, eventually, everyone will have everyone else's ID. So how many runs do we need? If there are n nodes in the system. Are they probably in just one direction or two neighbors? Um, I think you can do it either way. Yeah. It will be If you propagate both ways, you're probably 2x faster. Yeah, yeah correct. It's just all of n. Right. But to keep it simple, let's say we just propagate in one direction. Right? That's also fine. It's still all of n. So how many messages are sent, in total? N Pardon? N squared. N squared? Yep. Is that obvious to everyone? Or can you give an explanation? Uh, yeah, each round, everyone sends a message to its name. Like, right? so yeah. It's yeah. No, everyone, everyone, every round, everyone sends a message. Or you can think of every message, message is propagated n times, and there are n messages in total. OK. Yeah, that's definitely your solution. Uh, well, you can imagine it's probably the naive solution. And can we do better than that? OK, uh, good question. So if, we, if they know there are N of them, yep, then they know how to terminate. So your question is how to terminate, right? Uh, if they don't, eventually, you will receive your own ID on the other side. If we keep sending left, eventually, you will receive it on the left port. And yeah, that's, a, that's an indication of termination. Good question. Yeah, we usually assume that, yeah. Uh, Either it's a unique user ID. uh, Sorry, UID. What does U stand for, by the way? Or uh, if you generate random numbers in a large range, it's very unlikely that they collide. Uh, So can we do better than that? Have some idea? think you have two ideas, and uh, binary search. We'll see how that works later. So you said uh, only forward something that's larger? Yeah, only forward to the larger. Mm. OK, yeah, that's on the right track. So uh, one obvious thing we can do is that so we actually don't care what all the IDs are. right? We only care whether uh, a certain ID is the largest. So for example, in this case, when A sends its ID 5 to B, B knows this 5 won't be the leader because right? 5 is too small. It's even smaller than his ID. So B can choose to drop this message. Right? There is no point in passing that message further. Same thing for this message. C knows that 10 is too small, and it doesn't have to pass it along. Oh, okay. uh, the ID. Uh it's just the integer each node uh, chooses okay. at random, say. Yeah, the only purpose of the ID is to break uh, symmetry. So yeah, like we have seen in the lecture, if they don't do this, if they don't have any unique identifier, they won't be able to select the leader. And when they have a unique number then they can select yeah the largest one or the smallest one or some in, s- in some way. Okay, does this optimization make sense? We can cut drop several messages that uh, have no chance of becoming the leader. What is the upper bound of like? it still n squared? Correct. Exactly. Yep, that's um, uh, yeah, very good question and very good answer, by the way. Uh, but how effective is this? Well, in the average case, you may, we may be able to drop some messages, but there are pathological cases where it actually doesn't help at all. Say this is the ID we choose. Then when there's 20, it's sent around. B cannot drop it, because right? it, pro- it may be the largest. And when this 10 is sent to C, C cannot drop it. And when 20 comes along, it also cannot drop it. Right, so no node can drop any message. Its worst case is still n square. So let's think about the binary search equivalent. Uh, yeah, or how to binary search in this case. So, binary search into what? Uh, yeah, good question. It's not very <laughs> obvi- obvious, uh, binary search into what. Um, yeah, just some binary idea. That that will give us a oh. n log n bound. So actually, that's the this is the better algorithm. But once you have a log n, you can probably guess. Okay, go ahead. How uh, about like kind of merging? Like instead of uh, finding the global maximum, finding like local maximum. Then. You know, hmm Yeah, that's on the right track. Yeah. Um, like clusters of some points. Yeah, that's definitely the. Uh, Right idea. Let's detail it a uh, little bit. How do you carry it up? So then it's let them select their leader Mm -hmm. respectively and compare which one is larger. Hmm. Interesting thought. The difficulty I see is that if you cut it by half it's no longer a ring. Right? Also, they can't cut themselves in half. They can't Yeah, yeah, body. correct. Yeah. 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 Definitely not an easy problem. Another, another easy algorithm. And the idea is to, uh, well, you had the right idea that we want to. Uh, what's the word? Let the weak candidates shut up early. So what I mean by that is, say we have several rounds, so this B and A and C, we will let B only propagate to A and C first. If B is the local maximum among ABC, then B will try to talk further, increase its range. If B is not the local maximum of ABC, then, yeah, it can be quiet. It doesn't need to send messages anymore. If B succeeds in the next round, then it will further increase its range to try to talk to more people. Okay, So how does it work in detail? Uh, well So in round I, uh, we will let a node send this message. Up to, to raise to i uh, hops. And in this case, is one, and in next round is two, and then four. If at any point some node, like along this range, decides that you are not the local maximum, then they will reply that yeah, you can, you you, you no longer need to send messages anymore. If this message successfully reaches uh, this endpoint that 2 raised to i hops, then this guy will respond. And this guy, if it still thinks you are the local maximum, then it will respond the message uh, well, saying, Yeah, continue. Okay. And if the sender receives this continue message on both sides, then it will continue into the next round. Otherwise, it will go inactive. Is the algorithm clear? That again? Like after uh, receiving like uh, don't send again. Like we have to choose one mode which has to send, send oh messages. Okay, in the first round everyone sends their messages. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then some of them will go inactive uh-huh. because they learn they are not the maximum. And the remaining the surviving surviving ones will yeah, continue sending messages. And then yeah, half of them probably will die in the next round, and the surviving ones keep sending messages. <coughs> Make makes sense? Mm-hmm. How would it send messages to do i? It can only communicate with its neighbor, right? Not the node, like do i. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we will send a message of this form, uh, say, well, some message. And then we will send a hop. Uh, and the direction, either left or right. And this hop will initially be set to 2 raised to i, the number of rounds. Then when this guy receives the message, it will decrement the hop count and pass it along. And every node, when forwarding the message, will decrease that h by 1. And finally, when it reaches here, that number becomes 0. And when, you see, uh, when, it, when a node sees a message with 0 hop count, it going, uh, it's going to reverse it, send it in the other direction, and again, uh, send it back to 2 raised to i. Uh, this message, I should say, uh, id. And that at a certain point, um, cert- a certain node may decide this ID is too small. It doesn't have a chance. Then yeah, it can directly uh, send it in the opposite direction, replying a message saying, yeah, you are too small. Okay. So uh, any more questions on the algorithm itself? If not, what's the next step? Yeah, time complexity. Oh, I already claim it's n log n. Is it? Mm -hmm. Uh, This is round. This is message. This is also message complexity. So why is it n log n? we have uh, a certain number of rounds. So how many rounds do we have? Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I'll just say log n. Okay. Because yeah, you're increasing your uh, hop length. And we're going to compute like, how many nodes are still active in each round. And how many messages are sent in that round? So, uh, well, the number of nodes active just will just be this number if we start from zero. Why? Because the first time, everyone is active. In the next time, only one third of them will be active. But we said uh, we are conservative here and we put one half. Right. Next round is actually one fifth because the local maximum. If it's local maximum, it means like these two and those two will go inactive. But we put this as a uh, upper bound. So this is the number of nodes that are still active. And they will send the message up to. this many hops, okay. and there are two directions, and you send the message back and then, uh, yeah, sorry, send message forward, and someone will reply. But in the end, this is n login. Yeah, I think I got eight n log n. So my recitation note says it's four log n. I'm not entirely sure whether what's going on. Yeah, but you can double check whether this is correct or the recitation note is correct. <coughs> The uh, num- number of rounds in the eighth round. Yeah, this many nodes are still active, and each of them will send the uh, message this many hops. And I didn't mention whether whether the network is synchronous or asynchronous. And it turns out it doesn't care. This algorithm can work for both synchronous and asynchronous. Apparently, it works for synchronous networks. If it's asynchronous, then uh, what changes is that different nodes are in different rounds. A certain certain node may be far ahead than the others, but it's fine. Eventually, they will converge to the correct result. OK. So let's look at the second problem. Well, the problem is defined even simpler. Uh, We just want to count how many nodes are out there. and We want the algorithm to uh, work both synchronously and asynchronously. Uh, By that, I just mean we have a network say you have a lot of nodes after that. Just want to count how many nodes are there in this network. So I'll give you, say, one minute to let's first come up with a high-level plan. Oh, is the problem clear? Mm-hmm. In the worst case, Um, OK, I haven't defined that. Let's not worry about uh, complexity now, for now. The complexity will depend on the number of nodes n and the number of edges e. Let's just get it functionally correct. Can anyone share a high level strategy? Go ahead. Um, so each node will store the like um, IDs of the other devices it has received. So basically like it's gonna send per the sets of the uh, nodes notes its nodes. Mm-hmm. Uh on what edge? For this one? Yeah. Oh. It will send in both on both edges. Mm-hmm. Itself, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then maybe it sends a one here and send one here there. Then this node will think it has a children. Uh, it has a child, right? Which is this one. Let's just say this is this is the entire network. And what message does this does it send to this guy? You probably need send two here, because you have one, and this is possibly its child, right? But then we're double counting this node. You see the problem? Do nodes have their IDs? Like IDs? Oh, yeah. They, they have their IDs. We can send the IDs instead of the IDs. Oh. <laughs> OK. We are going to send all the IDs. Yeah, the hmm. And after okay. n to have all hmm. yeah. OK. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. And then you, still, you may still need a root, And that one have uh, will have everyone's ID. And then see how many unique guys are there. Okay, interesting. Does this algorithm work? Yeah, I don't see any problem. Okay, let me still. repeat what uh, our algorithm is, because it's, it's closer to what's in the lecture. So we're going to uh, find the spanning tree of this network. Right? A spanning tree means, well, like I have to cut one of these edges. If I have a tree, then I can have every child reports to its parent, like how many offsprings, including myself, do I have. And this, this node will sum up uh, all, its, all its children and report to its parent. Does everyone get that? So first, we'll find the spanning tree. Second, uh, we'll have child reports to parent. How can, how can we find this binary Good question. So in the lecture, we have seen an algorithm that find BFS spanning tree for synchronous networks. This is review of the lecture. How does it work? Each node will say we, we, we need to first choose a root, and our root will just send a message to its neighbor, and yeah, saying you are my child, you are my child, you are my child, you are my child. And then every node, upon receiving uh, this message from the mes- uh, from the parent, will search among its neighbors. Right. So the neighbors that haven't got a parent will acknowledge this sender as the parent. Okay, that's a little messy. So this node will search to uh, the leaf node. But then it will also try to search for this guy. But this guy already has a parent. Then yeah, it will say, yeah, I already got a parent, and blah, blah, blah. This will give us a BFS spanning tree. What does it mean? It's a spanning tree found by BFS. Does it work for asynchronous network? Yeah, correct. And um, So why does this version not work, work for a synchronous network? Because uh, different nodes can be on a different round number, so that a longer path could end up going to a node. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let me give a concrete example. Uh, what does asynchronous network mean is that, well, messages travel at different speed. Say this link, for some reason, is temporarily down. And this node doesn't receive the message from the root. And then this message travels very fast. And this message also travels very fast. So this message may reach uh, this node earlier. And then this, uh, this node will think of it as a child of this node. Okay? And then this message comes along finally. But this node says, yeah, I already have a parent. And I'm going to reject you. Yes, good point. This is not a BFS spanning tree, but it's it's still a spanning tree, right? So in our problem, we are totally fine with it. Yeah, but you do have to know uh, if you really want a BFS spanning tree in an asynchronous network, then you have to like record the distance and do the relaxation and so on and so forth. Okay, so. We'll just use this algorithm, the BFS spanning tree algorithm. Uh, Just run it asynchronously. It doesn't find the BFS spanning tree, but it finds finds a sum spanning tree. OK, how does this algorithm work? Uh, We will have several variables. The first one is parent. We will initialize it to this undefined symbol. Okay. Then every node will pass around this search message. Mm, I'll use a slightly shorthand notation uh, from the lecture. Let's say uh, the code I wrote is for process U. Okay. If we receive a message, a search message from V uh, to U, that means U, uh, sorry V, is trying to become a parent. Okay. And if I do not have a parent yet, I should set the parent to V. Okay. so what's the next step? We got this search message from our parent. Mm -hmm. And we have to pass it along. Should we send that to the, like, your child to the V? Oh, yeah. Great. Um, Yeah, we first need to respond by saying, OK, I'll use a shorter notation. Send V is a Q. That that's the message uh, that will be sent to V at some point. Well, the message we sent is parent one, parent two. This is a, a response to V saying, uh, "Yeah, you are my parent." Okay, then else. We also have to re- respond by saying parent 0. You are not my parent, because I already got some other parent. Okay. i missing a step here. Oh. If we receive a search message, go ahead. Yeah, we need to pass it to all my potential children. So I'll use this gamma u, meaning the neighbors of u. And then I'll send them a message. What message? Search. So uh, well, naturally, since we created a, we have a search message and we know how to deal with it, now we are sending this parent message, we'd better deal with it. Right? So then the next chunk of code should be if we receive this parent message, I'll say parent b, meaning this message com- comes with uh, either true or false. I received this message from some node w. Okay. I'm still u here, because I just send all the message to, to all the w's, to all my neighbors, and they should give me a response. Okay, If b is 1, that means this particular w uh, take me as its parent. Make sense? So I'd better have a list of my children. I want to track that. I want to keep track of that. How we will create a new variable for children. It's going to be initialized to what? Empty set. And now, if this B is one, then I'm going to put W in this children list. Okay. Uh, I'm leaving some space here because our root it should be slightly different. So every other node will send search messages when it receives the search message. We need someone to initiate. Make sense? So if u equals root, uh, we say the root is v0. So two things should happen. First, we should set its parent. To some special value, let like just say root. And then uh, I should copy this blob of code to here. Okay, this is a little crowded, but. Um, hope it's still illegible. OK, this is already uh, almost the correct algorithm, except that we don't know how to terminate. If we wait long enough, then everyone will receive all the responses, and everyone will know um, its parent and its child list. But how do we terminate? After n uh, runs. Mm-hmm. After n runs. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one way to do it, after n runs. But the whole point is we are trying to find what n is. We don't know how many nodes are there. Uh, if we receive rejects for all requests, that all the hmm Say again. Okay. Uh, for all the search, um, mm-hmm. if we receive it. Oh, yeah. If you re- receive a response, either, either parent 0 or parent 1, from all your neighbors, then your job is pretty much done. Right? But uh, the others have not. Right? So you send the message very fast. They responded to you. And they are still working very hard. Okay. So then we need to use the technique from the lecture that's called ConvergeCast. So everyone will send a done signal when it is done, and all its children are also done. Okay. Uh, to do that, I'm going to define a new variable called searched. Searched means uh, someone has responded. Okay. In this case, uh, w has responded. I'll put it into the searched list. No matter whether it accepts me as parent or reject. Okay, then naturally I need to define this variable here. As a last step, if This search the list equals my neighbor list. That means everyone has responded, and all my children are done. Then I need a new variable called done. That's another list tracking. Who has finished and who has not? So okay. Is the Say again. What is the this one, mm-hmm. searched means uh, someone has responded to the search message. Okay. Done means all its children are done. Okay. It's uh, I haven't write uh, what how done is defined. Uh, give me a minute. In this case, I'm going to send. My parent a message. This is the step of converge cast. What do I send? I'm going to send. I'm done. Okay. Then, whenever we create a message, well, we should deal with that message. If we if we receive a message, I'm done. What do we do? from from W then we're going to mark that node as done okay this is uh, there's a subtle point so someone has to initiate the done signal that's going to be our leaves. Why? Because when this condition check, they don't have any children. Their children list is empty set. And their done list is also empty set. So they're going to send the I'm done signal first. And then all the intermediate nodes will send the done signal when all its children are done. Right? Okay, so this is the converged cast version. Only gives us a termination point of, the, of our spanning tree search. We haven't count the number of nodes in the network. But that's a small modification. Uh, We're just going to include that number in the I'm done signal. So then I'm, I need to define another variable called total. That's initialized to 0. This variable will track how many nodes do I have in my subtree, including me and all my children. Then when I send the I'm done signal, I'm going, I'm going to send this. Oh, sorry. That's not the right Wait. When I'm sending the I'm done signal, I'm going to send my total number of offspring with it. And when I receive someone, my, cho- my uh, one of my children reports that I do have t children, I need to increment my total by that amount. Hmm. OK, I made a mistake again. Should be total plus 1. because I'm counting all my children, and then I should include myself. So that's the complete algorithm. Yeah, one purpose is just to create a different angle to look at distributed algorithm. We usually just draw the network graphs, But sometimes, it's helpful to think about how the code actually works. OK. Yeah, that's all for today.